Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the SciBeat Podcast, where your host, award-winning author and cybercrime journalist, Deb Radcliffe, interviews hackers, coders, intelligence experts, agents, officers, cybersecurity pros, and other interesting harbingers, heroes, and warriors. These conversations are sure to get you thinking. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello, I'm Deb Radcliffe, host of SciBeat, part of ITSP Magazine, which explores the relationship between technology and society. With us is Joanna Tellier. She's a voice actor for TV and radio, video games, and more. Some of her credits include the Golf Channel, HGTV, and NBC Universal. She is also a narrator with several publishing houses, and she is an expert narrator for my own book series, Breaking Backbones Hacker Trilogy, the first of which is subtitled after ITSP's own mission, Information is Power. Welcome, Joanna. Hi, how are you? So nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Great. Well, we actually met online after you did my first book, which had a lot of crazy hacker handles in there, like Dark Angel and Desolation, and even some French turns that I knew threw you for a loop. But you still did an expert job, so I'm super glad to be talking to you today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so I want to start by learning, like, how does one get into this career? Specifically, how did you get into this career? Oh, well, I started out in theater in college, and I I embarked on this brilliant blazing path into broadcasting, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But uh, so I worked for Food Network and some some radio stations like um, like Cumulus, you know, and doing writing and stuff, and then I got laid off. So you just kind of find yourself in this situation like, well, okay, I guess I'm a freelancer. So because of radio and broadcasting, I'd been recording anyway. You know, people had been saying, oh, can you just come in here and record some stuff? And, you know, you work in the sound and audio. So that's how it got started. So I just thought, well, I guess I'm a freelance voice actor. Yeah. Do you do more of that than um, the writing and the commercial content that you produce? Oh, yeah. Tons more. Especially recently, yeah. So um, for a long time, it was about half and half, but because you can't really launch into this kind of thing without being in it for a while because you just don't have the client base, you know, but now I definitely do more recording. Yeah, your LinkedIn bio shows a whole bunch of clients. I just barely scratched the surface on the introduction. Um, what would you uh, say is some of your career high points in terms of the voice side? I should see. I think that doing the stuff for Volvo and definitely the stuff for Golf Channel, like I did the bio during the President's Cup for Tiger Woods. And it was really funny doing it because I kind of thought, oh, I'm talking about this guy and he's like this larger than life person and I get to do his bios. That was fun. That and like a, I had to fill the shoes of a guy who was in Game of Thrones for mm-hmm. a voice part, which I thought was, it was scary, but I thought, oh my gosh, I've been asked to do this. Wow. So it was, it was a male. I can't remember his name now, but anyway. So they send you the written bio and you read it, or do you do some research and meet these people first? Or yeah, no, they just 
they just send me the whole script. It's done. It's it's like a it's one of those. It's like an interstitial. It's about I don't know, like sixty seconds, and mm-hmm. it's where they put all of the the really nice B roll stuff of Tiger Woods walking, and I kind of do the almost like what you would hear in a documentary, more like a documentary. Excellent. And they mix it up with the music and everything else. Mm-hmm. That is cool. And go back to the Game of Thrones one again. Tell us a little more about that. What was his name? Um, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. But if you know Game of Thrones, you would totally know this guy. And he had been voicing these bios for the President's Cup for Golf Channel. Okay. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because of his union situation or, you know, stuff. He just didn't do it anymore. So they called me and they're like, well, we wanted a female voice on these, you know, because we wanted to try to reach more more people, um, more diversity. And uh, he used to do it. So you've got big shoes to fill. Would you do it? And I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was fun. It's cool. Like, of course, nobody knows that, but just the producers and things. But that is so cool. So you have to overcome a little bit of your own nerves and just jump on in. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I also noticed in my book, you changed voices a little bit when you were reading a female part or a French part. Like, you were really consistent with that, which I preferred. So that's the part I consider the acting part. When I read to my mom, I actually try to emulate you a little bit. My mom is blind and dad died six months ago. So I read to mom almost almost every night because she needs her mind to stay active. And she's a lifetime learner like you and I probably are. I know I am and I'm going to guess you are too. So that keeps her young, keeps her vital. And I'm like, okay, how would Joanna do this? You know, and I try to get into the voices a little bit, but I noticed you did that really well in my first book. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. It's tricky, Uh but, um, but uh, you you sort of get into the flow of it, and then you don't think about it anymore. It just yeah. it's almost like I hate to say this. It's almost like you you feel schizophrenic, but in a good way. Like the voices just kind of take you over. You just sort of you're this character, and then you're you know. <laughs> so. And do you do that with almost all the audiobooks that you read? Definitely. I mean, of course, not nonfiction because that's just mm-hmm. just one voice, really. But yeah, fiction for sure. What about when you're doing TV and radio? Do they ask you to provide a specific voice type or is it always just the same voice that you use? No, it's all different types, all different types. And you get asked a lot to do things like, I get this all the time. They'll say, like, can you sound like Scarlett Johansson? Or they'll say, I've had this too. Like, well, you sound like Morgan Freeman. And I'm a little bit like, mm. it's kind of a tall laugh. But, you know, they're, of course, they're talking about the sentiment and the feel. But still, it's like a... Ah, right. So we'll try to pull this off. But no, they're always wanting different tones and different approaches and different pitches and young voice, more serious voice or, you know, all over the map. I want to hear one of your voices. Can you give us one or two so we can hear a difference between Joanna and Joanna's professional voice? Yeah, let me see. It would be like um, uh, if you're doing something like a commercial voice, it would be a little bit more down here and and it would be sort of riding in this range not as breathy and you're going to be a little bit more nasally or, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to um, if they wanted something, a younger voice, of course it'd be like here and the intonation is going to be a little bit different. And And like, and like, (laughs) and like, and and everything is that up scoop at the end. And, and yeah. 
Oh, that is so cool. Um, so it really depends on what they want. You know, That's good. Well, I remember when I heard your first sample, I only requested that you make it a little more urgent because it starts with a drone war and kamikaze drones blowing up. And you went right into that sense of urgency during the action sequences that I really liked. And I'm like, yeah, not only that, I want Joanna for all my other books too, you know? Um, oh, so. Yeah. I just remember thinking that I heard two versions of you just in the two sample audios I got before you actually went and did the whole book. Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I totally remember that. So um, there must be multiple versions of you out there. Yeah, there definitely is. And then when you start adding accents and um, just it's more the genres too. Like if something's you know, really a heavy, heavy book. Like I've read some books about the Holocaust and things. Mm -hmm. You know, of course you're dropping down and it's not just the not just the level of your voice, but you know, the like that heartfelt stuff slows the pace down. Whereas like when you're talking about the beginning of your book, the real high, you're struck quick and it's like a staccato. It's just like that. It's just like when you're dealing with music, trying to make something sound more urgent or more lethargic. Or, yeah. Um, do you feel that you have more steady income doing this than if you were a Hollywood actor? No, I bet it's the same. It's incredibly competitive okay. and it's very much, it's probably just like what they experience where you've got a big flood of stuff and then it's dry and then crazy. And then, so there's a lot of push and pull. Um, yeah, it's about the same, I would guess. Okay. Okay. And um, so let's go into uh, prepping and reading for a book and doing the recording. I mean, what is your process for that? Usually, usually I'll just do like a chapter or maybe three ahead. And the reason why is because I feel like if I go too far ahead in my recording, I won't like any kind of sense of surprise that's coming in the book. If I already know about it, in chapter one was going to happen in chapter six. I feel like I, I kind of ruined that. If you know what I mean? Like I kind of flatten it out. Mm -hmm. um, but some books, just depending, I might read the whole thing. Like with yours, I didn't read the whole thing through nitty gritty, but just reading it through trying to get a sense of who's what, where, what's generally going to happen. So I know the, the tonal arc of it. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also checking on pronunciations and there's a lot of different accents. So just trying to keep track of all that too. How do you and, keep track of the accents? Do you have a little side note or something to your reading? No. Um, no. I mean, interestingly, you just kind of like, you know, if you're reading a novel, just you're just reading it um, in your head, you hear the voices. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll just remember, I'll just, okay. I just remember them. Um, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of characters, but but not as many as like, you know, just talking about Game of Thrones, where there's so many you can't figure out who's who. Oh, yeah. Right. Then I would keep notes or something. But no, I mean, with as many characters that are in yours, it's um, it's manageable. And they're oh. also good characters <laughs> so that you remember them. Do you know that's really important if you remember their personality and you remember what they kind of look like to you? Um, it's just like hearing it in your head or watching a show. That, crazy. <laughs> no, that, that's what I want. I want my stuff to get to TV. That's why I wrote the characters okay. the way I did. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. Actually, her validating me. Thank you. Oh, um, what else do you do to prep for a book 
a recording of a book? Um, because you said yeah, it's actually harder than it sounds in an off-camera uh, discussion. It, yeah, there's a lot. There's just a lot to it. Like um, the prepping. Me, I mean, there's the, of course the pronunciations. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'm trying, trying to say, it's the overall tone of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like using the first book, for example, again, you don't want to launch into the first couple of chapters that are, say, going to be high intensity with a tone that's a little bit more low key. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to look at these things ahead of time and then take it into consideration mm -hmm. before you start recording it. Or you just keep stopping and starting. Um, yeah. yeah, and just... I think a lot of people think you just open it up on your laptop or whatever, and you just start reading it. And it isn't, <laughs> you've got to get that pacing just right. You know, you don't want to go too fast or too slow or. And I'm guessing some books have more tongue twisters in them than others as well. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think of that. Like a lot of like different authors, write. Like sometimes you get really long sentences and it's brutal because you just, you know, you've got to figure out where to breathe. Oh. I mean, you have to like literally figure out because otherwise you're gasping by the time you get to the end. And that doesn't sound good. No. Um, but then you get some books that the, the pacing is just right. The sentence length is varied enough that you can just flow into it rather than struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, since this is a technology focus, you know, technology and society, um, what kind of technology do you use to do this? What's your investment? And have you seen any improvements in this technology in the past 13 years that you've been doing this? Yeah, there. Um, as far as the actual technology goes, it's not too, too different. I mean, it's a little bit different, but I would say that the biggest difference is the accessibility of it. You can mm -hmm. get good equipment for, you know, pretty low price compared to what it was when I started out. Mm -hmm. um, like a microphone, you know, you get a decent mic. I mean, a good quality mic for about 300 bucks, but um, like still the high-end ones, the good ones are going to be about 3000 still. But still, you know what I mean? Not everybody needs that level. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as the software, I mean, the software is a little bit better, you know, I mean, but the, the bones of it are the same. Okay. So with that, um, and then, of course, the internet, the difference in the internet is just massive in terms of marketing yourself and getting out there and creating more work for voice actors and stuff. Social media is where you and I met personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these platforms and... Mm -hmm. Um. And so uh, you're so you're spending a little bit less on the technology, and things are more accessible. Sounds like um, audio quality is improving over time. Yeah. 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 Oh, and you asked about the investment. The investment's pretty steep in the beginning, mm -hmm. but then it's it's just uh, you know it kind of levels off after a while. You know, just that immediate getting the soundproofing stuff and getting the microphone getting the software and the right computers computers mm -hmm. oh <laughs> computers yeah. plural okay yeah 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 I go I like working on two laptops just because I'm not good at toggling around on the screen okay you know, with, the, with the audio software and then I use audition um okay. Adobe audition um so you have one one laptop for your script and then the other one is this. And so I could go back and forth and the microphone is, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That makes sense. And is your room that you're in right now with that pretty back wall paneling a soundproof room? No, this is just actually a room I come to write in. Um, I have a whisper room, which uh, I used to use all the time, but then I took it down because we moved, but also because I wanted to stand up when I was recording. I feel like I, you breathe better and you could be a more emotive um, without like knocking things and stuff. So I, I just have transferred a walk-in closet now to this the standing desk where I could do all of this. And I've got like the boom mic and it just really works well. I think so. you're padding all around the room. Do you have that? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's it's the it's the um the kind of the squares that go one way and then the other. Mm -hmm. The little the squares. And like what I've you see the, in radio studios. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Um awesome. the big bass traps and that kind of stuff. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. And um now sometimes you have to take the show on the road. I saw some wonderful fun <laughs> postings on Facebook where you were hanging blankets and bedspreads in hotel oh, rooms to try to do uh, sound. Tell us a yeah, little bit about that. I, that was actually I was at um I was at my mother's house. Um but I've done it in hotels too. You just have to kind of jump into a closet and or sometimes between two beds. You know, if you're in the hotel room, the two beds, you just get one here and here's the other bed and you set up your stuff around it and sort of hunker down like this to get the the sound just just right so it's not too echoey. Um, but yeah, the recent trip, I got these two mattresses and put them together and then got a sheet and kind of rigged it over the top and was sitting on a piano stool and you just kind of throw it together. But it's an adventure. It's fun. <laughs> what did your mom think of that? Oh, she just kind of rolls her eyes. I've been doing this for a while. Um, yeah, she just rolls her eyes. I mean, it's not uncommon to have to use a uh, like an ironing board or something to set up when you're traveling, especially it's in a hotel. standing desk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and if you get tired, it can like collapse down, and you know that works too. So yeah, traveling is is you always have to have the travel rig. Well, I want to thank you for posting some of the nice things you've posted on social media about my book. Would you care to share anything that you liked about it? You've only recorded the first one. You're in the process of recording the second one. Mm -hmm. um, and you've had written that it has all the good plot twists on the second one as you're reading along. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just it's very exciting to read. I read so many books audiobooks um and a lot of them are really good but but this one I like because it's got um it's it's got a level of of course it's timely it's very timely um but at the same time I could see it being able to to be sellable for many many years to come just because of all the stuff that's going on in the world today and how it mirrors a lot of the stuff that you're doing in the books um the characters are a lot of fun um your writing is good, thank God, which makes it really easy to read. Thank you. <laughs> it makes a big, seriously, it makes a big difference. Um, smooth writing makes it really easy on the narrator <laughs> to kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's got some good stuff going on in it. And it's, it's especially interesting to me because when I worked, I worked as a writer for a little while for an IT company. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that you're talking about with, with cybersecurity and all these different things going on, I knew a little bit about from having written in it. Um, but no, I think you've got some great messages in there, some big themes that people need to really hear about today and, and characters to kind of ride it through, which is really good. 
Good. Well, I hope you like the third book. It'll be coming to you once it publishes in a few months for uh, recording. So that's great. Um, Would you consider this, your career, a stepping stone into other career fields? No, no, no. This is the kind of, this would be the kind of a job that I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anybody. You know, I mean, you have to really either find yourself in the position or really love it or both. Um, Because it's just, as I said, it would be like, you know, I want to be an actress, which is fun and it's exciting, but it's not always dependable and it's super competitive. Um, And it can be scary because of that. You know, you find yourself, as I said, in these dry periods sometimes where you think, now what? But you have the reputation and the clients and the the resume now that I doubt you run into that as much. No, I, I don't run into it as much, but there's still just like anything there ebb and flow. So when it's like slowing down for a little bit, you think, oh, my God, this is it. But then it picks back up again. I guess like any business, you just get those a rush and then it chills out and then it goes, you know, back again. Exactly. I get that. And you have to have some kind of, I would think, uh, acting desire to do what you do. Maybe not background in acting, but you definitely have to be okay in front of a microphone and reading and putting on these different personalities that you're reading in, Mm -hmm. at least in the fiction books. So there must be a little bit of that innate in people who want to get into this field I'm guessing for sure I mean when I when I record it almost feels like um it almost feels like you're not in the world anymore you're just in your own little thing and you lose track of time which I really like that feeling um you know it I think if anybody found it even the slightest bit like drudgery you'd be in trouble because it's it's really long hours and lots of very close work. And yeah, you have to really have a, for it, I think. That sounds like writing fiction books too. It's the same thing. It got me through COVID. I wrote two of my three books through COVID out on my lanai. And uh-huh. it's the same thing. And when my father, it's hard to say this, but when my father was passing last year, I got a tremendous amount done in book three because it was easier for me to be in fantasy land on my yeah. book than it was to deal with the loss of the man who raised me. Even though we knew it was coming, I still had to hide from it. And I hid from it in my books. And um, so that helped me hide from COVID and a whole lot of other things. Because you do, you get into that little world and you're just there. Exactly. Everything around you fades away. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. And then you kind of long to go back in there sometimes. Yeah. You're like, wait, wait, my characters, my characters. (laughs) Yeah. And if people don't understand what you're doing, I'm sure you maybe got this a little bit. They're kind of like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You just kind of want to go back in there and zone out into your little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what advice do you have for professionals who may think, oh, I have all this desire and I may have done a few recordings and it felt good and I want to make a career out of this. I'm guessing your first piece of advice was would be make sure you have a day job until you build up a clientele. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's gotten even more competitive, I would say, since COVID, because everybody's working remotely now. It's a it's a it's such a possibility now. It's not, it's not weird anymore. You know, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, 
So that's your first piece of advice. Okay, what else? Also, I would um, like marketing yourself just relentlessly and doing, you have to do, seriously, you have to do, I mean, I do about 10 auditions at least a day. Wow. Every really? single day. Yeah, absolutely. Every single day. And then just just other kind of marketing things like um, that aren't really even marketing, but just staying in touch with clients, just not writing the emails where it's like, hey, look what I've done. But it's like, hey, how are you? Like, how are you doing? What's new with you? How is your business going? It's just what do they call it? Like building relationship with people. Don't let them forget you. <laughs> What's that? Don't let them forget you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but doing it in a way that doesn't seem like you're trying to not let them forget you. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. what else? I mean, uh, I think it's just a ton of practice. I mean, I've, I've, how many, I think I've recorded just north of 200 audiobooks now. Wow. So it's just a ton of, well, you know, as anything, it's just a ton of practice and, you know, watching different webinars to try to get, you know, with producers and stuff, hearing what they want, what kind of tones they're looking for and various things. And if you could take acting classes, you know, even if it's, if it's um, web-based, it's good. You learn things like breath techniques and enunciation techniques and microphone techniques that allow you to do things a lot more easily, basically. Uh, you know, we didn't even touch on auditions. And since we have a couple more minutes here, how do you get the auditions? Oh gosh, it's through, um, for commercial stuff, it's different than audiobooks. So for commercial stuff, you just, you know, go to the different, um, like voices or voice one, two, three, you know, you could just get on those platforms and you crank out the auditions for audiobooks. Um, it's a little different. You could go on ACX, but I don't really do that much anymore. Or, um, you get in with these different publishers like Tantor, mm -hmm. um, Harper Audio, that kind of thing. And then they'll send you auditions. Uh, right, which is how we worked with my book through. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, but it's hard to start out there. That's why I think you start out with the ACX and you just kind of toss out auditions to authors directly. Um, and then you get that practice in and then you go to these other places and see if they'll put you in their stable, so to speak. And is the audition just a short recording based on requirements set on the audition boards that you're searching through? Uh, they they give you um, sort of what they're looking for in tone. They'll give you a sample of their script, okay. um, that kind of stuff. And then you'll just read part of it. The audiobooks, of course, they'll give you like a section of the of the of the book, and you read it. Yeah, you got my first chapter, I think, with the first one. Yep. for that. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Joanna. It's super good getting to know you. Uh, for the audience, I thank you for tuning in. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes in your entertainment that you listen to or watch every day and your commercials and your video games. And this is just barely scratching the surface of one of the multiple layers in today's entertainment, uh, visual and audio entertainment that we all tune into. Please tune in, in for future uh, side beat uh, shows and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the side beat podcast with Deb Radcliffe, part of the ITSP magazine podcast network. 
If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share this channel and ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.